You're listening to another podcast. A podcast about horror movies and scary things. You put your headphones on and enter another dimension. A dimension filled with zombies, killers, ghosts, and creatures beyond your imagination. You've crossed over into the realm of mankind's deepest fears. There's an episode up ahead. You've now arrived at Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares. Hello and welcome to another episode of Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares. <laughs> I'm your host, Luke. And with me, as always, I have my good buddy, Andy. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> I, w- I almost uh, fell asleep during the, during the yeah. drawn out in. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, hey, I don't know why I got, did that. Got to change it up. Yeah, sure. Got to keep, got to keep our fan in, uh, interested. Got to keep them listening. That's the extent of me changing things up. Tune in next week to hear how long Luke will hold the in on nightmares. <laughs> Which random uh, syllable will Luke drag on, <laughs> and how long will he drag it on for? Luke and Andy's Nexus of Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. I'll do that next time. Uh, so, welcome, whoever welcome, you welcome. are, wherever come you in. are, if you exist, come come on in. Don't don't be shy. <laughs> don't be shy. Um, kick your shoes off. <laughs> sit down. Stay a while. Sip sip on a cock. Yeah, a, a cocktail. Um, I'm sipping on a cocktail. I am. What are you drinking? I am too. We I'm we never really a... talk about what we're drinking anymore. We these don't. Days. I'm drinking a Sleepy Hollow again. Last time you asked me, it was a Sleepy Hollow. I'm drinking a Sleepy uh, Hollow again. It's a good one. It's a good one. I assume mm-hmm. you're also drinking a cocktail. I am. Uh, it's a it's a Negroni riff with um with rum and uh, a different amaro instead of sweet vermouth. Exactly the but, sort of thing that Michael Myers would drink. <laughs> it's it is blood red. Exactly. So. But ironically, there's very little blood in this movie. It's there's a very pretty little bloodless blood affair. What movie are we talking about? Oh, that's right. We haven't talked. About, we haven't. We said haven't. What movie we haven't. Talking about. I uh, mean, if you if you've read the title of the podcast, you would know what this episode this, is about. This is true. This is true. Uh, and so that movie is the the classic, 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 and uh, quintessential. Yes. Halloween horror movie. Halloween. Halloween. John Carpenter's 1978 original Halloween. John Carpenter's um, Halloween. Not just Halloween. John Carpenter's yeah, I know. Halloween. I think that's kind of funny because at that point he really hadn't done a whole lot. Like he'd made what? A couple movies? Made Assault on Precinct 13? And, yeah. And Dark like it's Star. not like he was like a household name where no. I'm like, oh, so the story it's behind John that, Carpenter's. The story behind oh, that is a story. Well, it's not a big story, but the story behind that is, um, and we'll get into it, but essentially uh, a, a lot of the idea for this movie came from uh, Erwin Yablon, who who was the executive producer, and he kind of he kind of brought in John Carpenter, who he'd worked with before to help distribute Precinct 13, and um, and so he they he pitched him the idea, and they kind of they kind of came to terms on it, and John Carpenter was basically like. Okay, well, I want ten thousand dollars to make this movie, and he's like, and he's like, and I, and I, and I, and I want my name, I want my name on it, 
I want it to be John uh, Carpenter's Halloween. Nice. And 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 Erwin Erwin basically the interview I saw with him, he was basically like, you know, I couldn't believe. He, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of like, I couldn't believe the balls on this guy, <laughs> like the balls <laughs> on this kid who had never made a movie before to be like, I want my, I want it to be John Carpenter's Halloween, which right. That's but, yeah, that's interesting. That's where it is. Um, but that's what we're talking about. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. Yes, and um, yeah, so like you said, he made. I think yeah, his his uh, salary was ten thousand for writing, co-writing, um, co-writing his then girlfriend or wife, uh, Deborah I think Hill. His girlfriend, Deborah Hill. Okay, yeah. um, she co-wrote it and produced mm-hmm. it um but she, he yep. so he co-wrote directed and did the music for under the uh, under the name bowling green symphony yeah or bowling green symphonic orchestra or something something like that yeah um and so they made the movie for about three hundred thousand, yeah which is insanely cheap yeah um and it went on to gross like something around 70 million i think worldwide yeah uh, 40 some million, I think in the U S and then, but, um, yeah, so it, it, it did very well. <laughs> did very well. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's an independent film, right? It's a B movie. It's very clearly an independent, film. Yeah. <laughs> like when you watch it, I mean, yeah. I, well, I say that, but I mean, it's, I don't know. I think, um, I mean, I think it looks, I mean, I think it's shot pretty well. Um, and the, well, I mean, the quality is st- still decent. There's but a secret there are, to that. There's a secret to that. Is that but we, we can get into that stuff later. Okay, okay. Should we talk about the plot, too? Oh, God. Well, this won't take very long. This won't unlike take very long. Other, <laughs> unlike won't, it won't take episodes. long at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if you don't know the plot to Halloween, I mean, I, come on. If you don't know the plot it's, to Halloween and you're watching a horror podcast, get the yeah, hell out of here. It's been around for, for, for 43-odd 40, years or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, beginning of the movie is, it's a POV shot and it's like, go, it's outside and it's watching like this young couple inside this house smooching and then they go upstairs and then a minute later the, the dude already did his deed apparently because I don't know what happened. (laughs) He was very, he was very quiet. He was very quest that's quick and fast <laughs> yeah. um he was some very kind of a, fast some kind of an american pie situation happened in, in that or bedroom. he j- or he got shut down but he seemed satisfied coming down the stairs well and she was completely um, nude by the time she was completely nude michael gets up there so yeah so s- spoiler it's michael <laughs> spoilers <laughs> so basically yeah it's this pov and you don't know who it is and then he it goes up the stairs and there's this naked lady up there brushing her hair and she gets stabbed yeah. and and then it goes downstairs. This is all one long shot POV from the killer and it goes downstairs and then it like pulls away and you see that it's like this little kid in a clown costume yeah. and supposedly six year old kid. Yeah, which um, is a big ass six year old kid. Kind of is a big six year old kid, but especially from the POV shots where he's <laughs> where yeah, it's clearly he's like level. Yeah. <laughs> an adult, yeah, doing that. But, um, and, but you know, Mike Myers is supposed to be he's supposed to be funny. No, Michael Myers is supposed to be, to be um, is supposed to be like you know, large, of large yes. stature and imposing. Yes. 
So that's supposed to what be what 1963, I think it says, right? Because and then it's 15 yeah, years 15 later. 15 years later. Mm-hmm. 15 years later. Blah blah blah. Um, and uh, he's been locked up. He, he's been he's locked been locked up, up this all whole time. this time. 15 years, and now 15 years later, he gets out. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what. He <laughs> and he he's got like a psychiatrist that's been like dealing with him for like much of his time yeah. there and. Uh, and yeah, he ends up escaping and stealing the car and heads back to hit the hometown of, of Haddonfield. It's all in Illinois yeah. too. Uh, although it's not, sh- none of it is it's, shot in Illinois. None of it is shot in Illinois. <laughs> and it's very, if you've ever been in Illinois on October 31st, yeah. it's very apparent that it was not shot in Illinois. Yeah. You don't even also, have to notice the palm trees in half the scenes. Yeah, the palm trees, mountains. There's like a yeah. shot where like Loomis is on like a payphone out in the middle of the fucking like what yeah. like in wine country. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's supposed to be like, like that Illinois. doesn't look like any cornfields I've ever seen, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe but Southern it's Illinois. Lo- it's low budget, and that's kind of what I was kind of getting at yeah. earlier yeah. when we were talking about like there are certain things that are uh, it's apparent that it's a low budget film. They couldn't even shoot uh, on location in Illinois. Yeah. Not and that they, they would want uh, to. Well, you know, there's a certain charm, a certain quaint charm yeah. to, you know, nah, never mind. No. I give up. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the potty comes back, comes back to town. Yeah. With, with, uh, uh, some bloodlust. Yeah. And, uh, and you're introduced to, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode. Yep. And some of her dingus friends and yep. her and um, her friends are babysitters. That's yep. that's kind of an important point. Right. And like she's the only one she's very like kind of meek and uh isn't like into like partying and yeah. you know, whereas like her friend her girlfriends are all like they have boyfriends and, and and they're all babysitting too, but like they clearly are not they clearly don't uh They don't give a shit about the kids. Yeah, they don't really give <laughs> which plays into, you know, yeah. I don't know, kind of the the plot of it and what what some people interpret as like why a subtext Michael yeah. focuses on yeah, these other girls and kills them and blah blah blah. Um because but it goes back it goes back to uh to his experience as a child and that's why right. he you know, potentially killed his which is what that was his sister in the beginning of the movie. Right. Um, was because she was not watching him and she was, you know, fucking around. Um, yeah. but yeah, but, and then, then he kills people and, uh, and, and then that's, that's, that's kind of it. And then he eventually, he eventually turns his focus on, on Lori Strode at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. But mo- most of the movie, like at the end or at the end, I would say most of the movie, like from the middle toward, you know, the end. It's just him like creeping around this one house, like yeah. He's just he's just lingering around this one house where like there's one babysitter at one time, and then he kills her, and then one of their other friends comes with her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. and they fuck around, and then they get killed. Yeah, and and then he eventually goes to you know the the other house where Lori is across the street, but but yeah, um. So that's basically the pot. It's, it's well, he doesn't even go there. Hmm? Well, he, she, she goes to check on her friends, right? And then he follows her. And back then he to, follows her back. Yeah, yeah, right. right. And then, and then um, they they tussle, and and uh, the doctor shows up, and he ends up. Michael ends up falling out a window. 
getting shot a bunch of times. Fall, getting shot a bunch of times, and then he disappears. Yeah, and I mean, closes, not to min- Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and then it closes with shots of Michael's perspective as well, and you can hear him breathing, and it's just shots of the various different locales from the movie. So it right. gives this. It closes with this. Not only does he disappear after he falls out the window, but it closes with this idea that he's that he could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll. Uh... <laughs> we just did a terrible, terrible, and probably even too long of a synopsis of this movie, and that's it. Goodbye. People really tune um, in for these for these plot rundowns. I'm yeah. telling you. Um, okay, so now that that's out of the way, what this movie? What are we talking? Oh God, what are we talking? That's out of the way. That's out of the way. This movie sucked. I, I hated every minute of it. Oh shit. Um, I mean, so I, one thing that I found interesting uh, in, in kind of reading about you know the history of the making of the movie and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you read this or not, and I don't think you've seen this movie, but. Um, there's a movie called Black Christmas. Yeah. Uh, which came out in 1974. So four years before this. Right. Directed by Bob Clark, who would go on to do both, (laughs) weirdly enough, Porky's and also the classic A Christmas Story. Right. Um, Bobby C. And, um, was it? I said, right, right. Bobby C. (laughs) Bobby C. Sweet Bobby C. God rest his soul. Um, and and so that movie, I actually just watched that movie for the first time last year, uh, and I that's probably one we'll end up doing come uh, Christmas season here. Nah, no, not a chance. Okay, um, I actually really liked it quite a bit, and you know a lot of people look at at Halloween as kind of being the if not one of the the first kind of slasher movies, at least. The first slasher movie that kind of, the the movie that kind of popularized yeah the genre the the subgenre of the exactly. slasher horror film yeah um yeah because you've got before that you could go you could go to like Psycho even you know you yeah. could say Psycho was the 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 first true slasher movie but there's from Psycho you can't draw like a ton of like there wasn't a Psycho movie that came out or there wasn't a a, a Psycho knockoff that came out two years later. You know, yeah. there wasn't like this right. big, this big right. bolus of um of bolus <laughs> of psycho, psycho <laughs> imitators like over the next decade. You know, it, right? It, that yeah. didn't quite happen. Yeah, with with Halloween coming out in '78, I mean, that opened the floodgates after yeah. that. I mean, um, yeah. in terms of slasher, you know, horror uh, films, pretty much any yeah. slasher that's been released that you can yeah. think of is it you know has a direct tie somehow to Halloween. Right. Right. Um, but Black Christmas is actually a really good movie um, and is different in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, you know, from Halloween. But you can you can definitely see the, uh, you know, how um, Carpenter was influenced by that. Yes. And um, yeah, so that, well, and one of the interesting stories I, I read was that, so Carpenter was a big fan of Black Christmas. Right. And he worked with... Bob Clark briefly after that movie was released. And and, um, and Bob Clark he, at that point was like, I'm not making another fucking horror movie as long yeah, as Yeah, he live. was like done with horror. And yeah. because, yeah, because Carpenter was like asking, he was like, are you going to do a sequel? Right. 
to Black Christmas? And he's like, no, you know. Um, and but then he said, but if he's I he's like, what are, do, do I look stupid to you, John? <laughs> no, I'm not making any more horror movies. Do I look like a fucking clown to you, John? Um, but uh, but Bob Clark did say that if he were to do a sequel, he said it would be the next year. It would take place the next year, and the guy would have been the killer would have been caught, escaped from a mental institution. He'd go back to the house where he... So in Black Christmas, just very quick, that's a slasher movie. That's kind of like, it takes place, it's obviously Christmas time. And you actually never see, you really never see the killer in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is one of the huge differences between Black Christmas and Halloween is where you have a very iconic killer in, in Halloween and in... In Black Christmas, like the, the killer is, is completely hidden. There's a lot of POV shots, which um, Carpenter used, you know, kind of for that for the intro in in uh, Halloween. But you never see, you never really actually see the villain. There's a brief shot toward the end of the movie where you like see like the killer's like eye through like a crack in the fucking door. It's creepy, um, <laughs> but that's kind of like it. And then I think you see like a silhouette. Um, but um, anyways. Uh, he was he was saying that the, that if he were to do a sequel to Black Christmas, it'd be the guy would have been the killer would have been caught, escape a mental institution, go back to the house where he killed all these like girls at the sorority, and start all over again. And he said, and he and Bob Clark said, and I would call it Halloween. Mm-hmm. And um and so I mean later Clark did say like, you know he explicitly said that. Carpenter did not copy Black right. Christmas, and it's not like he, he lifted he, the entire story and was no, like, this like is my he story. wrote a script and directed, and you know, and um, and and yeah, but but he's you know he said he liked the movie and probably was influenced by it, but you know he he said he didn't he he certainly didn't. I mean, he explicitly said that John Carpenter did not copy the idea, right. um, but uh. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, I, I you have never seen Black Christmas, right? No. Okay. Yeah, that that that'll be one I think we'll have to check out. I like that one quite a bit. It's creepy. Um but uh, uh what this, else was I gonna say? The point you were getting at is that Black Christmas is in a lot of ways Yes. A precursor yeah, so, I mean, to Halloween. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah yes. Sorry, I get I get wrapped <laughs> up in, in details. Um I get lost sometimes. <laughs> Forget who I am. Um, but yeah, so you know, I mean, so while a lot of people, from, think, yeah, a lot that. of people think that Halloween is is essentially the first slasher, but you could draw a line back to Black Christmas, and then even further, you could draw a line back to Psycho. Absolutely, um, yeah, for sure, because Psycho was a huge influence on this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I'd never seen this, this movie is a, this until is a three great days podcast. ago. <laughs> I'd never seen this movie until three days ago. You no, you didn't. You, this yeah, you did not. Which is, I would have been shocked by the fact if if not for months ago when we were working on our other podcast about cocktails and music, we we did Jaws, and yeah. you hadn't seen fucking Jaws then. I hadn't either, seen so that either. 
So this year, 2021, yeah. 40, 40 plus years after both of those movies came out, you finally watched them for the first time. And cla- not only are they both classics, they're both classics by like legendary directors, yes. John Carpenter and, and Steven Spielberg. I mean, come on. Well, and John Carpenter is one of my favorite directors. Right. That's the other thing that was kind of a surprise because, you know, we're both big Carpenter fans. So um, I, th- uh, so it really boils down to, it boils down to a handful of things. I was in sixth grade when Scream came out. And so I was just hitting that age where like I would be old enough to watch some of these sort of movies. And I'm, I'm, I don't think it'd be mincing words to say that Scream kind of just fucking ruined it for me. Like yeah. I really didn't have the appetite or the desire to see Scream at that age and it never scream never appealed to me yeah and it I'm not, kind of i'm not a brought, fan either yeah and it kind of brought down the whole genre in my mind it, it didn't Which, really it didn't it just didn't watching people get murdered with with bladed weapons was never something that i like had a desire to see and then when yeah. scream came out and it was kind of like this movie that i was like oh this looks dumb yeah it, it added to that and so then I never went I, – I never had a desire to go back. And then um, it just – it just kind of – it just was one of those things where I just never really was in a position to watch it or never – never yeah. it just never really came up. Yeah, I mean I'm not the biggest fan of slasher films either. And, and I think we've talked about this kind of before, but like like slasher movies are kind of strange. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean they're – they're just so in terms of horror movies they're just kind of there's just something strange about it because there's a lot of times there's just not a whole lot of a there's not much of a plot it's yeah. literally just like someone going around killing people right and it's like it's kind of weird like right. it's weird that i mean i understand like the appeal in a, in a sense and like i know like you know there's a lot of people that love that shit for whatever reason and there are some good good examples of them, you know, for sure. Um, but it is kind of a strange genre where it's like you're – it's literally just like people getting murdered. Right. <laughs> like with and, very little else going on in, in terms of plot. And Halloween and the, and all – and many of its sequels are, are certainly guilty of that where like they do right. – there are so many sequels to this movie right. and, and very – I mean very few of them advance any kind of plot – Add right. any kind of characterization, you know, and so it just, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just more of the same of like this guy killing people. And it's like, I'm, okay. I mean, for me, I think the problem I had with Scream was that it was two things. It was the whole. It was Matthew Lillard. It was, well, it was Matthew Lillard. <laughs> and it was that speech, that whole, that whole speech that was everywhere that was like, these are the rules you got to follow when you're uh, in a horror It was like, it was like that too hip. piece. Was it like yeah. too like hip for you? Like it was too, very like, self-referential. Yeah, which yeah, it's which, very meta. Which which is fine, like you know, but it but I don't know for some reason in that case it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and the scene at the end where you find out that it's him and the other guy, and they're like stabbing each other to like yeah, yeah. I I just found that really disturbing. And the fact that they were supposed to be like teenagers or whatever, like I don't know, it just freaked me out. And I did, I just thought it was weird and and dumb. And I don't know, it just it all gave me a weird feeling. I didn't like any of it. But it was mostly Matthew Lillard. 
He's awful. Okay. And I hate um, David. I also hate David Arquette. I won't I won't lie. I really, really hate David Arquette. Like a lot. Do we? Can't stand his face. Um his sisters are okay. Are they? Anyway, not really. Um, um It's funny though that you talk about how like Scream was kind of like like kind of, you know, pun intended, killed Killed kind of like the that kind of the horror genre for you at that time because it, um, it resurrected. The yeah, whole because it, genre. in a in a way, like yeah, it totally like resurrected horror, the horror genre. Like yeah, um, you know, horror did super well in the eighties, and then for whatever reason, I think people were kind of burnt out yeah. by the early nineties or so, and and a lot of the stuff being released, you know, in the early mid 90s before scream was like kind of going was just not very well done horror and it was like yeah. going straight to video and yeah. then and it just didn't it, for whatever reason like production companies and you know producers and stuff like that just didn't look at it as a uh a money making you know kind of machine yeah um and then yeah, and then Scream came out and was you know, huge at the box office, and um, which you know, which Halloween had a similar effect at, during its time. You know, like we said, it was kind of a, it wasn't maybe as big. Horror movies were still, I don't know. You you'd kind of you'd kind of gotten over the you know Universal monsters and and um, and then you know you got your Alfred Hitchcock stuff in the fifties and sixties and and. You know, by the by the the sixties and seventies, things were getting a little, you know, a little more sparse. You had some really great horror movies, but you had a lot of just really bad stuff too. And yeah, and Halloween was one of the movies that kind of turned that back around, you know, and brought it back into the the high gear of the eighties, where there was just a lot of that in home video. Obviously, where it was just a lot of opportunity to make stuff and a lot of stuff that had a grassroots kind of build and, and yeah, like absolutely. That. And, and you could make movies cheaper, you know, yeah. like I, I feel like starting, starting in like the sixties and seventies and stuff. So you had a lot more of these like independent kind of, you know, yeah. films. Um, yeah, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out in 74 too. And, yeah. and, and then even before that you had, uh, you know, obviously United of the Living Dead in the late sixties. Yeah. Um, but, but, but yeah, the, I mean, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna segue. Do it. Segue. I was just gonna say. So you know, you mentioned that Halloween is a is a B movie, and it is for a lot of reasons. It, the budget was minuscule for the time. I mean, it was nothing. Three hundred thousand dollars was nothing. Yeah. Um. But it doesn't always. It doesn't always come across that way. Um. For the most part, and and I think the two reasons for that are 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 number one, and it's kind of like one A one B. Number one, you know, John's vision as a director, and um, and to some extent also uh, is it Dean 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 Cundy? Cundy? Oh yeah, yeah, um, Dean Cundy. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the two of them and the way they stage some of the shots, um is amazing. Yeah. And you, so you've got that and then you've got, um, and then you've got, you know, one B they spent 
of the $300,000, I don't know if you heard this figure, of the $300,000, they spent $70,000 on Panavision steady cams and film yeah. to shoot this yeah, thing yeah. with, which was like high. I mean, that'd be like that'd be like a million dollar low budget indie movie renting out IMAX cameras, you know, like yeah. spending their entire budget on IMAX cameras in the stand yeah. and just like having this like, um, you know, it's a, it's not, it's not a very good analogy because IMAX isn't quite the same. It doesn't give you the same, like if anything is more cumbersome to work with than probably the Panavision, you know, the Panavision, oh, yeah, absolutely. Is, it gives you a, the Panavision gives you cool, interesting, smooth shots Whereas the IMAX is just a big, you know, different aspect ratio that's very cumbersome to work with. But but that really made the movie look very professional. You know, yeah. very, you know, having having that that vision to to make some of these shots. Like you said, the whole first five minutes of the movie or longer is a is a is a single point of view of Michael Myers, and it's like he goes, he's outside the house, he goes in the back door, he's like looking around the house, he goes up the stairs, you go into the bedroom, you come down the stairs, you come back outside, and then you cut away, and it's like this just this crazy long elaborate shot, and none of that would be possible. Number one, the idea of it, and number two, the execution of it without those right. things. Yeah. And that that's the very first thing in the movie, and it establishes it sets the pace for the whole film. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think those POV shots, I mean, we talked about they were done in black pris- cra- oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I can't talk. Black, black Christopine. Black, whatever, black, whatever, black. whatever it was you were they about were, to say. <laughs> they were done <laughs> They were done in Black Christmas. Um But a Black Christmas I mean, that was a super I think that was a really uh cheap movie too, and it was made it was, you know, Canadian film. So I and mean, it didn't it's probably it free. So, I mean, so that that was not, you know, that didn't reach the the popularity and uh, the exposure yeah. that that uh, Halloween obviously did. Um, so a lot of people, you know, watching Halloween for the first time probably hadn't seen stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the whole Steadicam thing. I mean, I'm not sure what was like one of. I'm not sure when that when that became something that. Um, was you? I mean, uh, I don't right know around what that the, time, they were one of the first movies to use it. They, yeah, I mean, and then, and then of course I mean, it be, it was um, used heavily in in The Shining. I know, right? In The Shining, um, I don't think Sam The Shining Cooper. used Panavision necessarily, but they used Steadicam technology. Yeah, they used the Steadicam. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and so that really The Shining was the first. I if I remember correctly, one of the first major studio pictures. Because The Shining was a major studio picture, right? It oh was, yeah, it's. Um, I mean, Stanley Kubrick wasn't doing small independent movies with Jack Nicholson at that point. <laughs> is um, that Warner Brothers? That's what I'm trying to remember. I don't know if it is or not. Anyway, it might have been. Um, but yeah, they were the first major studio picture to use Steadicam yeah. to that extent. But right. but the other thing with with the 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 shots and the framing and all that stuff is they did. Like some of the shots are just so they're so simple, and you just kind of like like you think about like when I think about cinematography, and you're a cinematographer, and and when, well, but when I think about setting that's up a shot, being very generous, but thank you. <laughs> 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 well, you're a cinematographer. Uh, sure, okay. 
You're you're a cinematographer in the same way I'm a professional bowler. <laughs> I know how to do it. <laughs> you're really bad at bowling. <laughs> uh. Nobody will pay you to bowl. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but you understand it more than I do. And to, I was just my point was my point was was that like when I think of of like great cinematography, I think of like I think of like wide sweeping shots and like interesting angles and like you know things like that i don't think of like some of the more nuanced stuff that that goes into it too um but one of the things with this movie and and i don't know if maybe it's a sign of good cinematography good directing or if it's just it's just cool but like they use a lot of they just do a lot of stuff with like the foreground and and Mm -hmm. and the depth of, of frames and like and like zooming out and zooming in on things and like and and just like like one of the shots that always sticks out in my mind. So we we talked about you know we talked about uh, Doctor Myers is a bit of a creep. Like the movie is very the most unsettling thing about this movie. We already said there's Doc, no blood. What, what did you say, Doctor Myers? Oh, yeah, I'm kidding. Michael Myers, <laughs> Mister Mister Michael Myers. It's like wait, um, what? Because um, there's a Doctor Loomis, and then there's what? a Doctor Loomis. One of the most unsettling things about this movie is that we we already said there's no blood, and there there's like three or four or five murders on screen, which you know by today's standards is pretty tame. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. pretty fucking tame, um, especially when there's no blood and there's no there's no like gore. It's just people yeah. are dying. Um, but one of the creepiest things about this movie is like the voyeuristic nature of it. Again, set set the tone with that first scene where you see Michael going up the stairs and it's like a point of view right. and he's kind of like creeping on people. Um, he's kind of like a fly on the wall. Like all he's walking by all these people and they don't like the boyfriend and he's peeping on them in the window and he goes in the girl's room and they don't see him. Um, and that carries through the movie. He's constantly like showing up in places and like watching people and, and they're not noticing him. Right. And there's, there's, I said there's one, but there's really two shots that I always think of when I think of that. There's, there's one, um, there's one where he's at the school and he's standing in front of the fence and all you can see is like his shoulder. And there's like a kid walking and some stuff happening in the background, but in the foreground is the fence and his shoulder. And the shot is like a tracking shot watch like mm-hmm. following michael while he's walking and in the background with the depth of field there's like other action happening too which is just really cool there's like stuff happening and you know that it's him you don't and this is well before you see like his mask or his face or anything like right. that you just see the shoulder right and and so you're like you know it's him and you know he's being a fucking creep but you don't know what he's gonna do <laughs> i mean and yeah. the other thing is we the jumping off point for this was a six-year-old murdering a woman Right. And now we're five minutes, you know, 10, 15 minutes later in the movie and you, he's an adult now and he's right. at a school and all you can see is his shoulder and you're just following the shoulder and you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> and to me, it's just, it's just such a creepy ass shot. And then later, so I love that the use of foreground and like the way they framed it and everything. And then they use the Panavision to kind of follow him on like the Steadicam. It's just so cool. And then, and then later, one of the shots that I love it's a lot less with the Panavision. It's just very simple, a very simple zoom. But in the in the house, so the one babysitter has already been murdered in this house. And now the house has been empty and another girl and her boyfriend come by thinking that the babysitter is gone and left to go find her boyfriend when really right. she's dead. 
and they start like making out on the couch and it starts with a shot of them oh, yeah. on the couch and it just like over the course of like 30 seconds just like pulls out while they're making out and the next thing you know like his shoulder and, and the back yeah. of his head just comes into frame and he's just standing in the hallway and you just again you just see like his shoulder yeah. While they're like doing their business, right. he's just standing there, and you just like, what the fuck? Right. And then it's right. the same thing. You're like, what yeah. is he gonna do? And then they cut, and they go somewhere else, and you're like, okay. And, he, yeah. and there's so many times like that where yeah. you just drop I mean, I it. Think, you know, they, they have a. It's great. I think that's. I think that's one of the the. I mean, that's what I always found really enjoyable about this movie. Um, and something that they don't really, I don't really see them do a lot in other horror movies and other slasher movies, I should say, is like, um, like he just kind of right. takes his time, <laughs> like he takes his time and, and, uh, and I love, I love like just how he will appear in the background of a yeah. shot. Um, and then the camera will move or, the actor will kind of come in front of the camera and then he'll be yeah. fucking gone. Like, and he'll, he'll disappear from the shot. And so, you know, it's as like, so it, that, so that for the audience, you know, it's just as important and just as suspenseful. What if he's on screen and you can see him right? or he's not, and you can't, and you right. don't know where he's at. And you don't know where he's going yeah. to appear next. And and in some um, of these shots, he hasn't then, even yeah. done any. He, I, the only thing that's happened is he's killed that woman at the beginning as a child. He hasn't. Some of this stuff he hasn't right. even done anything. And so, yet, and you're feeling that, right? And there's a lot of it. They draw it out. Um, they really draw out um, the murder yes. of the first girl. Um, like there's, you know, she's in the kitchen in the house at one point, and he's in the background, and then. She spills something on her on her clothes, and she goes outside to this like it's like a a separate little building. It's like yeah. a little shed, but it's got like a, um, they call that a laundry washer room. and dryer. And she go <laughs> and she goes out there and is like going to clean her clothes and stuff like that. And there and stuff happens out there where he's like he kind yeah. of appears and, and and disappears and like you're just. And then she gets like yeah. stuck in a wind, so, like the door gets locked, and she gets stuck in a window trying to climb out. And you're like, she's "Oh dead. fuck, she's she's bite she, she's biting it now." And sure enough, right, like, she doesn't. She gets out of that situation. Like the the girl that she's babysitting comes and helps her, and they go back to the house. And you're like, "What the fuck?" Like they, they really string you along and kind of like yeah. tease you and like create a lot of suspense John. because like, I mean that. I was just oh, going to add to that and say John Carpenter, when they were filming it, John Carpenter and somebody else, they used to talk about it as a rubber band. How far can you stretch the rubber band before it's mm. before you're like, you're sure it's going to snap. And that's what they, that was how they right. thought of the suspense. Like how far can we stretch the suspense? And, and I, to me, I think that's one of the reasons that it worked so well for me watching it now, as opposed to then, because because honestly, they don't really they don't do, do that, that a whole anymore. lot. When she was out of the window, she'd yeah. have been dead. And in ninety nine point nine percent of it, every it, movie that's made yeah. today, as soon as she got stuck in that window, she's dead. Didn't happen. Right. She kept going. Yeah. And there was like at least one or yeah. two other times where you're like, she's dead. That first babysitter, you're like, she's fucking dead, and she wasn't. Right. And then when she finally yeah. does die, you're just like. 
you're just transfixed. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So her death was, and so I guess we just, I'll just talk about that. Her death was, her death was, so her death is the first like death in like 40 minutes after the, the first death on screen. It's pretty late in the game right. and it kind of kicks off the whole right. rest of the movie. And so she, she, she's like you said, she goes to the laundry room and she does other stuff and you kind of see Michael a couple times and it's just so so she she's going to go leave to go get her boyfriend and bring him back to the house. She's pawned off the kid that she's babysitting with Lori and now she's going to go get her boyfriend and bring right. him back to the house so they can be alone. And so she goes she goes to get in the she goes to get in her car and the door is locked and she's like, "Oh, the keys." And so she goes, she leaves, she gets the keys and you you think I mean, my first thought was when she goes to get the keys She's not making it back to the car. She's dead. So she goes. She gets the keys. She's fine. She makes it back to the car. She's fine. She goes to open the car door. I mean, this was one. Of, this this might have been one of my favorite parts of the movie altogether. She goes to open the car door and it's not locked. And she does. Right. She doesn't. And she doesn't. And she right. doesn't even she doesn't think register, anything. Nothing of, registers anything with her. And I, in car. my head, I like I did that thing that people do in the movie theater, and I was like, oh shit. Like I almost like get out of there, bitch! But how did you know? Like I was almost like. <laughs> <laughs> but how did the car door become unlocked? I don't know. Is my question. How does Michael do? How does Michael do anything? I mean, sense? that doesn't. Re- that doesn't really. It make might. Any sense it's, it maybe maybe he maybe the passenger side was unlocked. This was 1978. They didn't have automatic locks. Maybe the passenger side was unlocked, and he got in and unlocked it. I don't know. I guess so. Could be. Maybe he had a pry bar. So anyway, so spoiler alert. He's so yeah, in the so she car. gets in the car, and then the second thing is it's all fogged up, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, yeah that part that's cool. You're I like, like oh shit, and so she's sitting in there, and she's like, what the hell? And she goes, and so this is my other, my third favorite part of this scene. She she goes to wipe the fog off the front of the window, and so you as the audience follow her and her hand to the right side of the screen, and as you're following that, he pretty much pops up out of the out of the back of the car, like right at that same moment and grabs her by the throat. And then he strangles her to death. Yeah. That's a great, that that's a great shot. It's just so it's, it's fucking it's, it's so again, it's that rubber band. Like the whole time you're like, he's coming. Where is he? What's going to happen? And then she gets in the car and it's fogged up and you're like, Oh no, (laughs) Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Oh no, no. Um, yeah, that's that's I I, I yeah. really like that one too. Um, yeah, so there's I one of the other things I wanted to talk about is there's six people, six people that played Michael Myers in this movie. Six. <laughs> yeah. So the shape, the shape is is Michael Myers. I always found I always found that funny that they yeah, called him the and shape. that was. That the shape is like separate from like Michael Myers yeah. in a way, and that's what they called him in the script, a lot of, through a lot of it. Yeah, and that's what he's credited as. as. Shit, and I can't remember the guy's name who played Michael Myers, Nick Castle. Nick Castle. I knew it was Castle, but I couldn't think of his first name. Yeah, so that's that's the guy most people think of. Which, and he, so he, again, because this is a very low budget movie, um, he knew yeah. John. A lot Carpenter, of these people were just friends. 
was friends with them. Yeah. And he kind of really just wanted to be on the set. Right. Watching how a movie was made, the directing process and stuff like that. And and because he was there, they were like, well, why don't we, we need just to work. use you as the... Yeah. And so um, the funny thing is, is, Nick Castle would go on to have a pretty interesting yeah. career yeah. as a filmmaker. Um, he uh, he developed the story and almost ended up directing nice. Hook. No, did you, did you know that? And yeah, he he. Uh, if you look, I mean, he's credited for the the story for Hook, and he at one time he was attached to direct it. Um, and I can't remember what happened, and, and Spielberg came on board, but um, but he's still credited it for the story. Uh, and then, in, and then, most probably most famously, he directed uh, the Dennis right. the Menace movie, um, which yeah. I love <laughs> from the early nineties. You know, John Hughes production. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was yeah. I thought that was pretty cool um, that he kind of and it's interesting because he wanted to kind of be on a on a set and see the process, and so that ended up kind Catapulting of catapulting you know, him. Uh, catapulting yeah his career and, and and that's pretty cool. I don't think he ever played aside from yeah. the new movies where he kind of he had brief uh, a couple scenes or something that he yeah. shot as Michael Myers. Uh, I don't think he ever. I don't think he no, did any I of the think other so. movies. Um, yeah, and apparently they gave like John Carpenter gave him very right. little direction. He just was like <laughs> walk here, like yeah. Like I think the only the only direct the only thing I saw was that the only direction that Carpenter gave him was the shot when he when he stabs Bob, Bob uh, and pins him in, pins yeah. him into the wall and he's kind of looking at him and he's kind of yeah. tilting his head, which would become like kind Very. of like a one of like the characteristic the few yeah. characteristic like Michael Myers kind of like uh, you know physical kind yeah. of attributes um, it's but yeah that was that was what i heard too and it's funny so um i i feel like michael myers doesn't isn't very there's not a lot of characterization to him and no and not at all which i think was, was intentional and but the thing is um going back to your point about uh, how he's kind of just around, you know, he's kind of just like hanging out for like a huge chunk of the movie. He's just like, he's just linger, linger. Uh, <laughs> he's just, he's just there and hanging out. And I feel like, I, I feel like that is the characterization. I feel like the characterization is whatever he is. So it's clear that it's, it, he's just, he's just, yeah, a loiterer. whatever he is, he's a loiterer, whatever he is, he's fucking nuts. He's like absolutely nuts. Like he does not, he's, it's like he's, it's like he's, he may, he may have a murderous intent. He clearly does. And, and we'll never know what that reason is, but clearly the inner workings of his brain, he's like, there's something there that he's processing. Like the, through the whole movie, he's like watching and following and there's like mm -hmm. you just get this sense and that's what i love about it is like it doesn't have to be very complex or anything but you just get a sense that he's like 
because of how much he's watching and following and and kind of watching these kids, like he's processing something. Like he's there's something going on up there, and you you can't know what it is. It's unknowable. Yeah. And then when that scene hits and he he kills Bob and he stands there and he just kind of tilts his head, it just lends further credence to that. Like he's he he doesn't even really quite understand, but he's processing this stuff somehow for some reason. Yeah, I mean, almost like a child, yeah, though, like something, a dog looking yeah. at something, you know, where you're tilting your head and you know, just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's why, and that's why I love how slow it is because I feel like his character is like it's almost like he's, it's just like his character is his character yeah, is very slow. <laughs> like Michael Myers is very slow, both in his like in his uh, like in his yeah. movements, you know, like when you know you ne- you never see him running. Um, and, and also in just like his approach to like, like you said, he, I mean, like we were talking about, he stalks that one, the first lady for a, a long yeah. time before he does anything, you know? Um, I feel like he's just doing a lot of thinking in but, his own way, trying to, trying yeah. to get somewhere, yeah. do something. But so, so Nick yeah. Castle is the shape. So there's five others. <laughs> right. Oh there's yeah. Five that's what others. We were about. Sorry. And I have named them all. Oh, do it. I mean, Carpenter's one. He brief. I don't he, think so. Maybe. Oh, I thought I thought Carpenter played him at some point in in some way. What you know? I don't know if it was like either it's his hand no, so or it's his you know whatever. Close. So there's 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 the hand. There's the there's there's the hand. There's the face. The the right. the break. The kid. And the fall. The break. So the hand is is Deb Hill. So Deborah Hill in in the, okay. in the child section, she plays his hand. Oh, she yeah. takes when the she knife and she the does the stabbing. That's yes, Deborah Hill's yeah. hand. Um the face is Tony Moran. So at the very end of the movie, he pulls the mask up, yep. you see Tony Moran's face. The break is uh Tommy Lee Wallace, actually. He he was the production designer. He was also a close friend of John Carpenter's. He he had two spots in the movie where he essentially played Michael Myers. The first was his hand when he breaks the window of the car. They had oh, a, they had a wrench yeah. taped to his hand and he he used it to slap the window and break it. So he did that. And then yeah. um and then at the end the door to the closet that Lori's hiding in was designed to break a certain way and they only had one and they didn't have enough money for another. And so Tommy Lee Wallace was like, I'll do it because I know how it breaks. And I don't want he telling Nick Castle, he's like, I don't want you to fuck it up. And then it's and then they're all pissed at you because we don't have another door. And so he dressed up as Michael Myers and did that scene. And then the kid, obviously, nice. um, was the young Michael Myers. And then the fall was the was the uh was the uh the stunt guy. There was a stunt guy who had to do that oh, final okay. fall out the window. Fall out the yeah, fall out the so window. So five different yeah. people played Michael Myers in that movie. That's funny. So yeah, talking about Tommy Lee Wallace though, um, so he would he would go on to direct Halloween yeah. three. Um, he was initially supposed to direct Halloween two, but he didn't like the direction that the story was going in apparently. Um, and so while we're on the topic of that, uh, it was like Halloween 
was never meant to be was never meant to right. have a sequel. Um and but it did so well that it, that the producers were like, well, we've got to got to do another one. And and well, and the other well, okay, so I say Halloween wasn't supposed to have a sequel, but actually what John Carpenter's kind of vision was that each movie that there would be several Halloween movies, but each one right. would be different and have a different plot and it would just take place on Halloween. It would have that kind of connection. So it would almost be like an anthology right. series of films that all take place on Halloween, but they're all kind of different. And, um, but because the first Halloween did so well, they were like, no, you've got to, you've got to right. have Michael Myers. And so they, so they, um, they had him do Halloween two, and so he didn't direct. He didn't direct it, um, but he, him, and 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 Deborah Hill ended up producing, writing, and apparently, like, <laughs> I was reading that like Carpenter like really struggled with writing the script for uh, Halloween two, and just was like having a really hard time wrapping his head around that and, and getting into it. And like, apparently the only reason he really did it at all was because he, he didn't make very much money uh, mm -hmm. off of the first movie. And so he wanted to like kind of capitalize right. on, you know, con uh, he wanted to be present and be part of f these future right. movies to, you know, to, in order to kind of make, make some more money off them because he felt like he kind of got cheated out of, um, you know, the financial success of the first movie. Um, and so he, anyways, Carpenter has since talked about how terrible <laughs> Halloween <laughs> two is. <laughs> um, and, um, and so then what happened was, uh, they finally did do, they did a Halloween three and it had nothing to do right. with Michael Myers and it bombed. And so they were like, okay, we got to go yep. back to Michael Myers. And so that's, that's why I, I don't know if you've seen, you haven't seen no. Halloween too, right? I actually just watched it for the first time this week. Um, and so they, spoiler alert, <laughs> they, he kind of, well, what you would think he, he would, def he definitively kind of kills off both Loomis and Michael Myers at the end of Halloween too. I mean, they, they fucking explode in a room mm -hmm. in a hospital like the whole fucking room explodes and they're in it. And and so he like did that intentionally because he was like I'm done <laughs> with my I'm done with Michael Myers and I'm done with Loomis and we're going to like move on from there. Um and then, you know, Halloween 3 came out. It was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace and it's completely different. Didn't have Michael Myers at all. People were upset because at that point they were expecting right. him to be, you know, Michael Myers to be in it after two movies. And it did poorly, and uh, then they they ended up inexplicably like bringing both Loomis and Michael Myers back for Halloween Part right. Four without any kind of like real explanation of how they survived. <laughs> like they have, I think they have like I think Loomis has like some burn scars on his face, but like seriously, the, they were in a room that <laughs> it, it like exploded in a ball of like fire. Like, <laughs> like it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but actually, the other thing that Tommy Lee Wallace would go on to do is the It, the It TV yeah. adaptation, um, the miniseries. 
So I that's thought that pretty was great. Cool. I actually, I mean, I I do really want to see Halloween three because I've heard that you know while it did very poorly and people kind of shit on it when it first came out, since then people have kind of come to appreciate yeah. it a little bit more. So it looks, I I think it sounds in, in like an interesting it. movie. The yeah. plot sounds interesting. Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty weird. I like weird. Um, yeah, weird is good. Halloween, Michael Myers does um, exist in the Halloween 3 universe. Yeah, I think he? from what I've heard, um, Halloween, the original Halloween exists as like a movie or something in that universe. That somehow like, a, oh, yeah, really? I think they somehow allude to it or something, if I remember correctly. But, hmm. um, but anyway, this movie was fucking yeah. terrible and none of us liked it. <laughs> <laughs> um oh so anyway so yeah because because uh halloween 3 did so poorly carpenter ended up dropping the franchise i think him and deborah hill sold the rights and and then they continued to do more more halloween yeah. sequels and they were mostly pretty much all yeah. terrible <laughs> um, can you imagine making something so iconic and then just being like I just fucking take it from me. I don't even. Yeah. I mean, you just get tired. I know you just get tired of it at some point. I mean, that's how we'll feel with this podcast when. when, when <laughs> after yeah, after when people finally come and and want to buy it from us and take it over because it's it's so <laughs> iconic at that point. But um, uh, but yeah, it's just crazy that you know. So so really. John Carpenter gets a ton of credit for Halloween. I mean, it's John Carpenter's Halloween. But really, Deborah Hill was a huge part of it. Huge part of it. She had a very successful career after Halloween, too, uh, as a producer. But she was a huge part of it. She wrote a lot of the script. And, I mean, it was from the sound of it, her and John really, really kind of split the duties on writing the script. Um, Yeah. and, And then... From that as well, you also have Erwin uh, Erwin Yablon, who was the executive producer. Um, he played a huge part of it too. So he um, actually, so John Carpenter, as we said, only made two, pretty much made two movies. He made Dark Star, which was like a, a, a space. It was like a pre-space balls. Um, <laughs> it was like a. It, it was kind of. It was like it, a, it was seem right. It was like a spoof <laughs> on uh, 2001, kind of. You know, it was like a very tongue-in-cheek um, sci-fi comedy. Uh, and then he, and then he made um, Assault on Precinct 13, which I don't think you've seen. I have not. And that movie I thought was pretty fucking great. Um, nice. I really liked Assault on Precinct 13. It was very simple. And very small, but felt like it had high stakes and and was just fast paced. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, Nice. And uh, and I actually watched that fairly recently too. Um. So John Carpenter made Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and he could not find anybody that wanted to. So he made it himself, and he couldn't find any fucking buddy that wanted to distribute it. Nobody. (laughs) In Not a person. So I finally got in contact with Erwin Yablon, who 
who had had kind of worked his way up in the industry and had just started his own production company. And Erwin Yablon didn't have fucking anybody. He didn't have any movies. He had no movies. So he had just started like <laughs> trying to be a producer and he had he could not get like movies. And so he finally gets hooked up with John Carpenter. John Carpenter John Carpenter's agent called him and was like, Can you help this guy get this movie out there? And so they he actually helped him get Assault on Precinct Precinct 13 distributed. And um, it didn't do that well in the US, but then it went to England and actually won like I, f- I forget it was one of the big film festivals in in the UK um, and did pretty well over there and then that kind of pushed it to do a little bit better in the US as well. So he was kind of after that John Carpenter was kind of riding he was he was pretty hot on uh, on uh, you know on on gonna making another movie you know he was he was kind of made a little bit of a name for himself and and Irwin had a lot of confidence in him because of it. And, um, and so the name Michael Myers actually comes from this guy, this executive in, I think this is how the story goes. I might butcher this, but this executive in that, that essentially contacted Irwin and was like, we want basically like said, they wanted a horror movie. And I forget where who this guy worked for, but his name was Michael Myers, and that he was like, "I we want this horror movie. We want we want you to make us a horror movie." And so Irwin went to to John and was like, "You know, they want us to make this horror movie," and he had come up with this idea for essentially babysitters getting murdered, you know, right. on this one night of the year, and then John and Deborah kind of took that and like ran with it and came up with the whole concept and then they named the killer after Michael Myers. Um, and so he's, he's kind of gone down. Yeah. And it was also, it was also Irwin's idea to have it take place on Halloween night. Right. And one of the rumors, one of the things that I, that is always said is that it was originally going to be called the babysitter murders. And I've heard that that's not true. Well, if you, if (laughs) I'll just flat out say, if you've watched the movies that made made us, Erwin Yablon flat out says that that was not true. He was like, I came, he was, really? he claims that he came up with the concept and, and that it was never intended to be called that. That was never on the table. It was always mm-hmm. going to be Halloween. So anybody who's said otherwise is not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So I did get that information from the movies that made us. so you know we haven't really talked about um the music yet but the music is terrible in this movie and so iconic in this movie (laughs) um and obviously john carpenter you know did that as well he had done the music for uh assault on precinct which i like even more um i love i I just love assault on precinct 13 the music is great too I need to watch. I really. I need to watch that. I guess. I, I. I always meant to, and there's like part of me that feels like I did at some point a long yeah. ass time ago, but I. I recall nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, and so b- before we kind of talk about the music a little bit, it's interesting though that it was just kind of happens. It seemed to be happenstance. Uh, that, you know. 
Carpenter ended up doing this horror film, and then and then most of his movies thereafter are right. horror films. Um, you know, and it wasn't even like his real. It's so I, I'm curious. I, I'm I'm wondering like, you know, because he did. You said Dark Star. Dark Star was more of like a sci-fi. comedy, sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he did Assault on Precinct 13, which is a straight up like action. It's essentially drama. an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, you know, what was like Carpenter's real like end game? Like, what kind? What, you know, what were the move? What was he really? What were the movies he wanted to make? And what was like? What 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 were his goals? Like, where you know, what did he kind of? What genres did he really want to work in? I'm wondering if horror was even something off right off the the bat that, that he wanted to get I don't into, think so or if it was just kind of Halloween that kind of jump started it and then it was yeah like, I think oh, that's shit. what happened I think his you know, I think he was which more interested in like action movies and um yeah and and comedy and and and, and comedy. stuff like that because and and you can see that I mean you know so I said I'd never seen Halloween and I said that John Carpenter is one of my favorite directors and and you 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 know our audience of two is not going to believe me when I say this, but one of my favorite movies of all time, and one of the reasons I love John Carpenter, and and probably my favorite movie that he's done is They Live. It's not even it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not Halloween. It's not the thing. It's They Live, and and a lot of people yeah. love that movie. It's a great movie, but it's just you know that's the movie that I was kind of introduced to him with. And it's just, it's funny. It's crazy. It's got action, sci-fi. It's a little bit horror. You know, I mean, the creatures are kind of fucked up looking, but it's not like, you know, scary in any way. And so I think going back to your, to your question, your statement, I mean, I think, I think that movie really encompasses more what he thought he was the sort of movie he was going to be making. It's big trouble in little China a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because so in Halloween, the kids are watching mm-hmm. TV and they're watching a movie on TV, and and it's the old nineteen Howard Hawks, yeah, the thing, which, um, obviously, just a few years later, um, Carpenter would direct his now, you know, famous yeah. remake of that, which is that's to me that's my favorite Carpenter film. Um, that was like that. I think that was pro- I, that was probably how I was introduced mm-hmm. to Carpenter. I would think, um, but it's funny because you know. So after so after Halloween, he did. Uh, did he do the the fog? Yeah, the next? fog was like then, s- fog. Might have been seventy nine or eighty. It was really was quick. It? Yeah, maybe eighty. Maybe eighty, and then I Which think I've never uh, seen that. You've never seen mm-hmm. the fog. Oh man, I want to see it. That see, I really the fog. See. see, see to to me, the fog and and um and the thing, the fog, the thing, and maybe in the mouth of in the madness mouth of madness is great. Are are probably my favorite Carpenter films, and so it's interesting because. You know, Halloween is like not not to say that Halloween is like super serious where it doesn't have any kind of humor in it at all, 
but it's not like tongue in cheek, right. like something like uh, right. they live, you know, um, they live and, so, and, uh, and, um, big, big trouble, trouble in little China. China. Um, I would even say, I would even say like Prince of Prince Darkness of is darkness a little bit. Um, yeah, are a little more, so, yeah, they're a little more tongue in cheek for sure. That's a good way to put it. So, which is funny, which is weird because like, you know, you have Hall- so you have Halloween, which is, you know, a fairly straightforward, serious mm-hmm. horror film. Um, and then you have the fog, which is the same. And then you have the thing, which is, I mean, the thing is very like there's humor yeah. in it, but it's very just like, you know, it's very just it's like his most like full on to me it's his most yeah, full it's, on it's big dark, budget it's, dark horror movie yeah like it's there's no like i mean it's 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 a serious yes horror film with like a lot of atmosphere it's like alien in the an, in, in the antarctic yeah 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 it's yeah exactly and so you have th- that those string of movies and then it's and then he kind of starts he then he starts to change around like in the mid eighties and and kind of he's do you know he's doing stuff like Prince of Darkness he's doing stuff see like and that's where Earth. so that's where I hit um, so you like those Big three in Little China Halloween Fog and and the thing and then that's where I hit my stride where I'm like oh man Prince of Darkness Big Trouble in Little China and they live that's yeah. like sign me up yeah. for that movie marathon right there. <laughs> I love Prince of Darkness. I mean, as far as horror movies go, Prince of Darkness might be my favorite. And I don't know if it's because it's tongue in cheek or what. The idea wow. of like just a giant vat of liquefied Satan inside <laughs> of a church. It just it's the concept. It's so absurd. And yet he pulls it off somehow. Yeah, I never got into Prince of Darkness. I, I think I... It was just one that I, I didn't really watch until later on. And then when I did, I, I don't know. I just, it never clicked yeah. with me. And I don't know why. It's got Alice um, Cooper in it. I, I do love They Live. I mean, They they Live is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean. Utter, it's got like a 12 minutes, but no but, holds barred fight scene between Keith David and yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rest in peace. I oh, fucking love Rowdy Roddy Piper in that movie. Oh my god. And Keith David. Um but yeah, I'm but I mean that that's a fun movie. Um and and just ridiculous over the top. To just like that's like that to me is like just like pure 80s like that's yeah. pure 80s. Just 80s cheese and just like but I mean, you know, it also is very like um I mean, it, it, it deals with interesting like mm-hmm. themes and stuff, you know, as well. And, and, uh, it's a good yeah. satire. Um, but, uh, but then, yeah, big and big trouble in little China. Yeah. For whatever. I mean, I love, I do love, uh, yeah. Russell. Um, but that movie, yeah, I don't know that for whatever reason, that movie never, I, I never latched mm-hmm. onto that big time either. Um, all great, all great Saturday and then, afternoon and then, movies. They are great. Uh, I mean, they're fun in that sense for sure. Um, and uh, so, and then you got in the mouth of madness, which I, I, I like. I, I like that one too. And that, 
and that's probably his last good I movie. like that one because it's um, it's Lovecraftian. It's very, you know, yes. it's very yes. unnamed, unseeable horrors sort of thing, which is just really cool. Yes. That is yeah. That's definitely a very yeah, Lovecraft inspired movie. Um and Saint yeah. Neil's great. Um Man, I think that it, when did I don't know when that 90, came out. Like I was gonna say three, three, yeah, yeah, and I think after that was like that was it. Yeah. <laughs> like he took a he took a nosedive. His his. I mean, a lot a of those guys. Yeah, I mean, a lot like, of those guys did. I don't know. He he yeah, for I mean, independent horror, like eighties B movie person. <laughs> that was terrible. He had, he a, had a really really solid career. I mean, he's still, he's still, now he's really focused on making music and he still has a, he's still doing really well with that regard. But, you know, some of the, some of his contemporaries that had a, that did similar things with, with independent horror movies around the same time did not last nearly as long, like not even, you know, one or two movies. And then, you know, yeah, like, uh. Like this guy, yeah, it, um, Stanley Kubrick made that Shining movie. What did he do after that? <laughs> you know. Uh, shit. Um. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of talking. I mean, just interesting. I mean, while we're talking about that, like about how you have like certain, and not that you know, not that Spielberg is like a, a horror director or anything, but like we were talking about Jaws and, um. Yeah, Jaws and and Halloween having come out just a few years apart in in the mid to late seventies. Um, I mean, Spielberg is one of those few directors actually that has like, I mean, he's probably got one of. I mean, he's got a he has he's had a great mm-hmm. career. Um, I mean, even his recent stuff is still good. Right. You know what I mean? Like he he's one of those few directors that hasn't kind of fallen off you know, over the years. And, um, cause I mean, I think, uh, I think what kind of fucking did Carpenter in was village of the damned. Is yeah. that what it was? That was actually probably I mean, one of the I first movies like I a... saw from him. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. I, uh, I've seen it. I've seen it, but it's been a really when long I was time. probably, man, I don't even know a, t- a young teenager, maybe 12, 13, 14. Um, especially during the summer, it must've been, it must've been around that age. I would watch all the, all the like weekday matinee horror movies that they would have on like TBS and stuff. And they had, they would play all kinds of just random shit. That's where I saw Gargoyles for the first time. That movie, you should look up, look up Gargoyles. Gargoyles. It's from like the sixties or seventies. It's so weird. Um, but that movie sticks in my head. But anyway, the original Village of the Damned, the black and white one, was one of the ones that I saw that way. Yeah. And I remember seeing it. And I think my mom was like, you know, they made a new one or 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 something. Or I knew that there was a new one. Um, and and I ended up, I was like, oh, I like the original one because it was just a weird concept. And so I, I ended up watching the new one. Or, or the new one came on TV shortly after. And I remember watching it. And I didn't know at the time it was John Carpenter. And I probably yeah. shortly after that saw They Live. But yeah, that was one of his last one of his last movies and it did not it it did not do well. It was right before Christopher Reeve no. um got paralyzed. Got paralyzed. Yeah. And it was like yeah. him and Christy Halley. It was such a weird cast. 
is That's so a weird. weird. That is a weird fucking so weird. cast. Christopher Reeve and Kirstie Allen. Yeah. Fucking weird. Yeah, that is that's a strange. And then cast. the and then um, the one boy. Oh God. Oh, and then he did Vampires and Ghost of Mars and Oh God. I actually yeah. would like to watch Vampires. I've never. I haven't watched it. If if ever in a long time, um, I don't. I've never seen Vampires or Ghost of Mars. Ghost of Mars looks like hot yeah. garbage. Like I feel like somebody terrible. said something like, a, a one time that Ghost of Mars is not good, but it does have. <laughs> and I could be wrong, but I thought somebody told me that it had like a, a non-linear story that was kind of interesting. Hmm. But overall, it wasn't. It wasn't good. <laughs> I think Ghost of Mars was what. Does that have LL Cool J in it too? Like, uh, I think so. Two. Well, I mean, Halloween H two O obviously had LL Cool J in it. <laughs> uh, shit. But okay, so I think I think this kind of getting off I have, on this tangent and bringing I have it to back. Tell a story about LL Cool J. Oh, first. you had more. Oh my god! I saw LL Cool J in a restaurant in LA one time. Well, the is funny it? part of the story is my sister was sitting with her back to him, and she was like, "Hey, it's LL Cool J over there," and I was like, "Oh." And as soon as she said that, my dad was like, "LL who? Cool what? Oh like at the god. top of his lungs? <laughs> cool who, who, J? Uh, and my sister and I were just like, "Shut up." Um. So kind of how we got on this whole thing was talking about the music. Oh right, I don't even. That was like t- that. that was like twelve minutes the music. ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, the music is great. The music is to me so crucial yes. uh, to the success of the film. It's interesting to think about, like if the music had been anything else or had been just more of like a forgettable score, yeah. it's interesting to, to, to think about like, would the movie have done as well? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think, I really think the music, you know, carried the movie yeah. for, for a, a good portion of its, if it's runtime. I mean, because you have this, like you have this silent, emotionless mm-hmm. antagonist, with you know you can't see his face he doesn't speak and and so the score to me kind of becomes the voice of michael myers you know because yeah. you know what i mean and and kind of subs in for her you know his lack of you know kind of you know speaking and 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 any other kind of overt characterizations um so I think that's I think that's really cool, yeah. and it's also just it's just like yeah it's it's very iconic and um, instantly recognizable and um, it's simple it's a very it's a simple theme yeah you know simple themes simple you know musically but um, but yeah I mean pretty much everybody knows I, it I read I mean, that it's right uh, up there with it's right up yeah. there with Jaws really yeah yeah going back to Jaws that's funny. Um, and on on one hand, you have this guy who doesn't know how to write music, who just plays a guitar and has you know been in a band for a long time. And then on the other hand, you have a classically trained, you know, uh, 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 yeah, you know, orchestra leader. Um, 
So it's right, right. That's composer. Funny. So it's it's interesting how how that works. But yeah, it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing score. Um, I think one of the for me, I think one of the things is in this in the seventies. I feel like in the seventies and and a little bit in the early eighties. One of the things that I don't know that it turns me off to some movies that happened around this, you know, that were that were made around this time, or if I just, or if there's just kind of a stigma to it. But um, I feel like a lot of movies are are kind of um, the acting and some of the the pacing and some of the 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 blocking and stuff is like very reminiscent of like classical silver screen movies that were made in like the forties and fifties. So you've got this, like these movies that were made in the seventies that have like this kind of, you know, they're, they don't feel like they were made in, obviously they don't feel like they were made in the nineties or two thousands. Um, but they also don't necessarily always feel like they were made in the seventies or eighties. They feel like, you know, like some of these people are a little, they're a little more stiff, like, like they were in in yeah. like the forties and fifties type movies, very just like classically yeah. trained and very you know. And Halloween isn't quite there, but I feel like it still has some of that, like kind of yeah. Some of the acting and stuff feels a little dated now. Um, yeah, for sure. And 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 the movie itself is very classic. There's not like there's not like a lot of um technology there's not a lot there's not a lot in the movie to indicate that it's 1978 i'll put it that way you know there's not like a huge yeah. you know there, there's not huge special effects there's not like a huge there's not like huge set pieces there's not like anything that you're just like oh this is you know to indicate to an audience even in 1978 that hey this movie is taking place in the modern in in you know modern day other than the fact that these people are relatable and you can tell that it's it's supposed to be 1978. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I think even like, even the wardrobe isn't overtly right. kind of like cliche right. 70s. It's, it's a little more subdued. It doesn't like draw attention to itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think some of that, which I think, oh, I was going to say, yeah, I think like, I think the, um, a lot of the people just wore their own clothes. They did. <laughs> Because they were trying to like which makes save it money. more authentic. Because uh, you know, like yeah. a movie made in nineteen seventy eight, where they're making, where they're putting people in wardrobe, they're gonna come out wearing like these ridiculous, like super trendy outfits and <laughs> right. stuff. You see it in movies all the time, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think even for an audience at the time in nineteen seventy eight, I think that the fact that the score was not like a symphonic score. And that it was, you know, synth and that it was kind of simple and that it was kind of like, it was, it was in a lot of ways, it was one of the most cutting edge, modern, maybe, maybe even futuristic feeling parts of the movie because it was synth and it was kind of, you know, a little bit, a little bit more out there, a little bit different than you would typically hear in a movie at the time when a lot of stuff was being still classically scored um that it it just it made it 
it kind of made it work all that much better. And I think that's what one of the things that really resonated with people is that it was just so different and it was so not only catchy, but different and, and iconic. And, and it did, did, as you said, really did give a voice to Michael Myers. And I think that's why yeah. it works so well. I mean, like I said, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who doesn't know that song, you know, if they heard it, yeah. you know, to at least yeah. know, Oh, this is from a yeah, from, a, right. from something no, scary, it, you know. I don't know Michael Myers, and I don't know Halloween, but I know this is from a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's universally, uh, it, it's almost universally yeah. known and and recognized yeah, for because sure. of all because of um, LL Cool J's remix in Halloween H two O. Yo, it's Halloween. Michael Myers getting down with the green. Oh God, it means Michael Myers is smoking getting weed. Down with the. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. So I mean like yeah, I mean we talked I guess we talked briefly about it but like I'm I am kind of interesting. I am kind of interested to hear like um much like, you know, when you watch Jaws for the first time 40 plus years after yeah. its release, um having it, it being so ingrained in you know pop yeah. culture um, I'm curious, I'm curious to see, like, you know, I mean, obviously you liked, I really Halloween, liked it. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you know, and it's, I mean, the thing about it is, is we've kind of touched on it is that like, it's a really tame, it's very tame horror movie. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, um, and it's also like, it kind of just like, it does drag a little mm-hmm. bit. Like there is like a lot of like, like, you know like we talked about Mike Myers takes his fucking yeah. time and like um and there's not a whole lot else going on and um so it's definitely a different it's it, it's definitely at a different pace than what like if if you're not used to watching movies from yeah. that period and if you've never seen that movie before and and you go back and you watch it for the first time you know I'm I'm kind of curious like what your initial I mean, and we've touched on it a little bit, but like what your initial reaction to it was. Um, I thought it was awful. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I know you like it and we've talked about it a I little mean, bit, but like, I'm curious to see like, you know, did, did, uh, because, you know, because it's becomes, because it's so popular and because it's so much a part of like popular culture, like, you know, I, I mean, it didn't that didn't take away from your your experience no. watching it i mean no and i i thought it would um i mean obviously as a as a horror movie fan so i have seen other halloween movies i did see halloween h2o Which when you? i was in high school i'm not kidding <laughs> um uh, and you and I did watch a chunk, a pretty sizable chunk of oh of, of Rob Zombie's Halloween, which I thought was just terrible. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we turned we it off. Um, I, I mean, so I got no time for for I got no time <laughs> for these movies that are just like degenerate, like entirely degenerate, just yeah unredeemed like every character is completely unredeemable and like it's just there's nothing like to me that's a complete write-off of a show or a movie when when there's no redeemable characters everybody sucks people are just getting killed like what's the point um and that's how i felt that movie was going i was just like there's no there's no point here 
Yeah, it was just yeah. awful. It was just re- it was just like you know, you know, redneck degenerate trash. Every character. Yeah, it was just un- and 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 then it was. And and then it was just brutal, awful yeah. violence, and, and you know, which torture porn, but, yeah, torture they, porn, and combined with yeah, just torture porn and the terrible like, characterization, every and, just terrible yeah. And uh, so anyway, so I had all that in my head, and I, I didn't quite know what to expect. Um, but it really, I think that actually, I was expecting it to work against it. Like I was going to have this idea in my head of like. Number one, you know, it's we're in 2021 now, and, and movies are a lot more fast paced, and have a whole audience have a whole right. different expectation. And I have different expectations. I mean, 1978 was well before I was born, and and even watching movies back into the 80 early 80s and in the, the late 70s, sometimes you come across when we're just like, this fucking thing needs to move. You know, you're just like, come <laughs> on, you know. Um, and I was kind of, so those were the two things I was really worried about is that I was going to have this idea of Michael Myers in my head that like was not going to match with what was originally on screen yeah. and that it wasn't going to pace, the pace was kind of be going to ruin it for me. But actually the fact that the pace is what it is to me, like I said, is what saved it. The fact that it was kind of like, I felt a huge amount of suspense the entire time. I felt like one of the I felt like one of the people yeah. from the from seeing this for in the theater for the first time in the seventies, like just like I really didn't know what he was gonna do. And I think it really owes itself to that initial scene where you're like, Holy fuck, this is a six year old kid that just murdered this woman. And then it just kind yeah. of like the next scene is like the mental patients escaping, which is an awesome shot, by the way, when they pull up in the rain, it's just so everybody yeah. in the white tunics and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so it starts off really, really fast. And you're just like, and not, and and they set the tone for. This is what you're up against, and this guy is capable of anything. And then right. from there on out, you're just like, oh fuck. And then it's just, it's just every time he's on screen, you're just like, oh shit. And like you said, every time he's not on screen, you're like, he's got to be around here somewhere. He's yeah. got to be. And if he is, right. what's he gonna do? And so right. that really just. That really just to me that coupled with the with the cinematography and the directing that I mentioned earlier, just like there were just so many shots and stuff that I was just like, oh my god, that's so creepy. That's so like it doesn't even have to be scary. It was just creepy. I think that's one of the things that yeah. that everything that's come after Halloween has missed is that Halloween was fucking creepy. Like Michael Myers is not scary. He's a fucking creep. You know, that's, that's the piece. Like there's, he's, he's a creep, but he's, yeah. but he is, he's scary too. Cause he's brutally violent, but every other movie that's come yeah, after has been around, like, has just been know. like, Oh, they're, Oh, they're scary. Cause they're killing people. It's like, no, like where, like, it's gotta be creepy. You know, you gotta add that layer of yeah. creepiness. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my, like we talked about, that's one of my favorite aspects of the movie and in, in something that they don't really that they they kind of lost along oh, the way of, of with him like the, that i the idea of him kind of you know lingering yeah. around and 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 then he, you know you see him but you you'll see him in a frame but the the other yeah. character within that same shot doesn't yeah. see them and then you know, then he'll be gone and then you'd be like, oh shit, right. where is he? And then, you know, like that whole thing, like that's, to me, like that's what kind of defines Michael Myers 
in and and defines Halloween, and it's something that I think they kind of got yeah. away from with you know a lot of the sequels and stuff. Like and that. and and the fact that he and the fact that he shows up, he, he appears and disappears, in in almost a supernatural way, is like yeah. like there's a shot like the shot where she's there's a shot where she's looking directly at him out her window and he's down on the ground in in like the laundry and she doesn't break her her view of him the only thing that the only view that breaks of him is the audience's view from the camera angle so you see him it cuts to her watching him it cuts back outside and he's gone like he literally like he just disappeared into thin air you know what i mean it's like yeah. it, there's like yeah. those kind of aspects too where it's like that that lends to like the mythos of like what is this guy like he we're we're led to believe he's just a guy who's crazy but at the same time there's a lot of stuff that hints to the fact that he's not and and you don't want to know yeah and then the other and by the time but yeah absolutely i was oh, going to say go and then the other shot that i wanted to mention is the one is the one where at the toward the end of the movie where she thinks she's gotten away from him and she backs up in the house to the to a corner and she's like got her back to an open doorway oh, that's yeah. just a black open doorway and over the yeah, course yeah. of like 10 seconds he just like fades in to focus yeah it's yeah. like the mask, all yeah. practical effects and just like super fucking like he's just he's not there and then the next thing you know you're like holy shit is he is that and then and then he's I just there that- I think I read I read that they had yeah. a dimmer. They had a light on him like on his mask in the background and they like slowly they just turned like, it up. Like they had a di- a dimmer switch and they kind of like yeah, turned it up so like he, so he's really kind of there right. the whole time. He, it's not even that his face comes into the light. It's that he's there the whole time and then it just like kind of yeah. the light slowly illuminates so him. So awesome. And um, that's I love that. So that's to me that so the 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 fact that he's the fact that he's kind of ever present and that he's mm-hmm. very slow and plotting coupled with the coupled with that where you're like kind of you get these mystical magical like otherworldly things of him kind of coming and going yeah. and like unnoticed even though people are like staring right at him or he's right there um some people would say like oh it seems like a you know like you could make the claim that it's like, oh, it's a mistake or it's like some of the cuts are like, you know, are, are, are just, you know, they're confusing or they don't make sense. But I think they're intentional. I think they're in a lot of ways they're there to make you be like, what is this guy? Like, how is he how is he there one yeah. second and gone? Like even the hedge when he when he sneaks behind the hedge and um, and uh, and Annie goes and looks behind the hedge and um He's gone and she's like, right. oh, Lori, it's your boyfriend or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. He he was – I mean it's like a matter of like five seconds. She walks over there and he's just gone and you're like – Yeah. He can't be just gone, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> – so it's just a lot of yeah. those. It just – it really lend itself to – and so those – I just felt like, you know, there's – I felt it was very understated. I think that's why it works so well. It's very understated in a lot of ways and in, in, in a lot of ways that just you don't see anymore. And that's why to me it worked so well and it works so well today because it's 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 very directly opposite of a lot of the things that you see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is almost going back to it is, is almost kind of like a, a breath of fresh yeah. air, you know, compared to the, the quicker cuts and the 
uh, faster pace of, you know, modern horror films. And also just like the, you know, a, a lot of modern horror films are, you know, uh, more violent yeah. more and, and more gory. Things um, don't have to be more violent to be but, more scary. Yeah. It's not a it's not a wonder yeah, it's absolutely. not a wonder no, relationship, but I think that's a mistake a lot of modern horror movies make. Yeah, I mean, we talked about trick or treat. I mean, talking. There's not a lot. Yeah. Of, I mean, it's it's yeah. gory, but at times, but there's not there's no on screen deaths. You know, it's it's a little right. more subdued in a lot of ways too. And I don't I don't think we talked about that when we did uh, when we did that that episode on trick or treat but there is a direct kind of uh visual reference to uh halloween there's the scene at the beginning of the movie when um the character you have the kind of middle-aged couple or probably in their 30s or whatever more like in their 30s mm-hmm. i guess um the, the guy goes into the house and the lady's like picking up like the decorations outside and she like looks across the street and there's like a guy yeah. standing across the street with like a white yeah. mask on and he's like standing perfectly <laughs> still and just watching her. And, uh, and that's like, you know, because there's a shot in, in the original Halloween, you know, with Jamie Lee Curtis where she's like in yeah. school and she like looks out the window and, you know, she sees like, uh, you know, Michael Myers standing out there with, with his fucking mask on, which we didn't really talk about that, but th- there's like a huge like plot hole there of like how he because like he has that mask very early on like right away almost but then it's not until much later in the movie when like they drive by the hardware store with like and like the one girl's dad is like a sheriff and the alarm is still going off and this is this must be hours and hours later where supposedly you're made it's like before and after school i mean it's that long after yeah yeah and he and he it's made to believe that like or it, it's 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 implied suggested yeah. that yeah that that Michael Myers went broke into this hardware store because he says like oh somebody broke into the store and stole him some a mask and rope and blah 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 and, but it's like I mean it's like way way later yeah <laughs> this happens so like that doesn't quite match up but um but yeah trick or treat definitely uh, you know kind of borrows borrows from that and and that, yeah but what movie are we talking about and now and now and now we will have five minutes of uninterrupted <laughs> silence um <laughs> but actually but another quick little note before we kind of wrap things up uh you know we talked a lot about like this you know cinematography and um and just like a lot of the shots and stuff like that uh, so Dean Cundy, uh, actually, I mean, he went on to like have an insane yeah. career. Um, he he shot he shot the fog, the thing, Big Trouble in Little China, of course, all Carpenter movies. But then he did he did the Back to the Future trilogy. Mm-hmm. He did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He did Hook. He did Jurassic Park. I mean, like he did he was in. I mean, the this the shit that he did is. I mean, the amount of classic classic films that he shot is is staggering yeah. um so i mean i'm a, I'm a big fan of mr cundy <laughs> uh, um cundy crew but He's yeah met, you're a member of the cundy crew the cundy crew but i mean i mean think about that like worked with you know 
I don't know if he did. Uh, I don't know if Jurassic Park was the only Spielberg film that he did. Um, but he obviously, you know, so he worked with uh, Zemeckis there for Bobby a while, C. and yeah. So I mean, he yeah had a had a pretty damn good career there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's Halloween. It, it, was there anything else? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in in, in regards to I don't think so. Yeah, I think that that kind of kind of wraps it up. Um, I mean, I will say, like, even ever even after everything we talked about, um, I certainly appreciate uh, the movie uh, on a lot of yeah. levels. Um, it's it's not my favorite. It's not even my favorite Carpenter film, um, but. I, I do appreciate it and and I still enjoy it. It's, I mean, it's a it's a very simple movie, but it it manages to, in its simplicity, uh, be very iconic yeah. and um, effective, and and so you know there's there's obviously something to be to be said about yeah. that, and um, and and yeah it uh, it. It uh, started a, a long career uh, in horror for for John Carpenter, so I'll, I'll take it. I'll always be grateful yeah. for that. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll uh, scare you later. Scare you later. Scare you later.